For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. If you're interested in protecting and growing what you have and collecting a steady income stream for life, you've come to the right place. Prepare to be empowered. The phone lines are always open at 877-889-PLAN. That's 877-889-7526. Now, here's your Show Me the Money host, Randy Floyd. Good morning and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. And as always, my name is Jeff Shade. I am just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd, a Floyd Financial Group. I'll start off with you today. Randy, how are you doing today? Doing very well, Jeff. How about you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'll turn to my right. Jake, how's this Saturday morning treating you so far? Doing great, Jeff. Thanks for asking. I am glad to hear that. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. we got another great show lined up for us. Always glad to be with the fine people of Last Bastion of Sanity, Springfield, Missouri, with some sincere and actual ideas to get you retired, keep you retired, and give you a retirement, which you not only survive, but you also thrive. Don't want to go any further in the program without saying it is going to be Mom's Day tomorrow. Happy Mother's Day to everybody listening out there who are moms. Randy, what do you remember most about your mom? You know, I remember the fact that, you know, she was a very loving person, and you know, she was what I would call very fastidious, too. I mean, let me tell you, she was such a hard worker. It was incredible. Of course, all moms are hard workers, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. They end up, you know, I, I often say as I'm talking to people, you know, it seems like as I look around, all the men are setting things down while the women are picking them up. <laughs> <laughs> so whether that be the kids, the groceries, the diaper bag, yeah. whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. But she was a very, very good mom and hard worker. And I will tell you this, she was... Like I said, she was always just on top of things, and I could wear the same clothing, including the underwear, every day because I knew that when I went to bed, she was in there washing, and the next day it would be folded <laughs> into my drawer. Well, sounds wow. like she was a great mom, and of course, you've talked about Grandma Maggard. We know that she was a great mom, too. Jake, talk about your mom, Lisa, a little bit. What's the best thing about her, do you think? You know, she is the most caring and loving person that I know. If yeah. you have ever had the pleasure of meeting my mom, Lisa, uh, then you have also had the pleasure of having a hug from yeah. Lisa. Again, uh, everywhere I go, you know, everybody's just like, I love your mom. You yeah. know, I love your mom, right? I do mm-hmm. love her so much, and I can, I can understand that. And she was always very loving to me, wanted to make sure that I knew I was loved every mm-hmm. day of my life, and I do just want to say, because she might be listening to this. Yeah. Uh, Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Happy Mom's Day, Lisa. You're a wonderful person, and I can attest to that. I've gotten so many virtual hugs through the Internet from Lisa. I just can't count them all. And, of course, your wife, Elizabeth Jake, she's a wonderful mother to uh, Trevor. And, again, I want to salute all the moms out there for everything that you do. You are really, really appreciated. So let's get started with the show here and talk about current events. The first one on my list is going to be the Fed. They've hiked the interest rate again by 25 basis points. 
Yeah, so the Fed, again, has uh, raised interest rates. We're now at 5%, basically, on the Fed funds rate. I think probably the most notable thing about all of this, though, is that the futures, so the kind of the predictors of what's going to happen next, all have the Fed lowering interest rates almost immediately. So they think in June they're going to stay at the 5%, and then they think in July they're going to start cutting. The Fed has been very clear that that is not their intention. In fact, they question whether they would cut at all this year. And then shortly after <laughs> Chair Powell gave his speech, he, he he reaffirmed the banking system. He said, you know, all the banks, you know, the banking system's in great shape and nobody needs to worry and nothing's going wrong here. And literally an hour after he said that, you know, the Pacific Western Bank said that, you know, they're going to they're, they're going to start exploring a sale to uh, mm-hmm. to fix their problem. So basically another potential bank failure. Again, as, as we've talked about this, you know, you don't need to be worried about whether your money is safe, but these banks are going to have some trouble. And I think there's going to be a lot more of these banks that have trouble. And that'll probably be the thing that makes the Fed stop raising rates because it won't be inflation coming down. Because as we know from last week, so every first Friday of the month, mm-hmm. we get the employment situation is what it's called, where you have how many new jobs were created, workforce participation, all those types of numbers. And those numbers, we had double the amount of new jobs created that we thought we were going to. And so if you've been listening to this show or others for a while, uh, you'll know that really most of the inflation comes from wage growth, meaning people doing the same job but getting paid more to do it. And right. a lot of that wage growth is coming from competition for jobs. The small business owners, uh, medium-sized business owners listening to this right now can attest that trying to hire somebody can be challenging, right. um, <laughs> to say the least. And you know, until that becomes more normal, it's going to be hard to bring wages back into focus. And if wages don't come back to sanity level, mm-hmm. then inflation's not going to stop running. And so the Fed's got a got a really tough job ahead here because any more hikes, the market is really going to not like. Even talks about more hikes, the market market is not going to like it all. So we'll see what happens, but it's definitely it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Well, this uh, latest interest rate hike is really, I think, the 10th time the Fed has raised its uh, interest rate over the past year or so. And this is the fastest pace of tightening since the early 80s. So how does this impact us? How does this impact our money? I would imagine that credit card rates certainly are going to be affected by this. Home loans, auto loans, that sort of thing. Credit tightening, is that what's going to be one of the effects of this latest interest rate hike? You know, in fact, Jeff, we're already seeing all those things. But the answer, the short answer is yes. I actually saw a statistic uh, on the Fed's website a few days ago that showed that if you look at the rate, the average rate that people pay to borrow for a car loan, mm-hmm. so you're buying a used vehicle and you need to get money to pay for it. In 2008, that number was slightly above 7%. Mm-hmm. And then it went all the way down to like 4.5% right. through 2018, 2020, and ticked up a little bit after that. And then in the last year, it's gone from 45 to 75 And so we're starting to see some of the effects of that in the used car market. One that comes to mind, we were looking online the other day, and there's a Ford F-150 2022 pickup that has $20,000 rebate on it. Wow. Plus 0% financing. So that's costing them probably a minimum of $24,000 worth of rebates by the time you include the financing. You know, on a vehicle that's probably fifty or 55000 
to begin with because it wasn't like a fully loaded one, you know. So they're, right. they've got to move these vehicles. But I, I really see this problem becoming a much bigger one over the next six to eight months. So if you're in the market for a used vehicle, that could be good news for you where yeah. it has been nothing but bad news for the last three years. Yeah. You know, we would uh, be remiss not to go one notch further, though. Here we're talking about a lot of retail clients. Right. We also have, or just the general public, we also have to think about how this is affecting business. So when you go to the bank as a business owner and you're looking to borrow money, you're, mm -hmm. you're a commercial customer, you borrow money at the prime rate. Well, the prime rate is generally the Fed funds rate plus a margin. Well, the prime rate around here right now which is what banks charge their best commercial customers is 8%. Right. That's what it is nationally, 8%. So just a few years ago, even four or five years ago, that was below 4%. Yeah. So things have really changed. And you can imagine if you need to borrow money and if you have a line of credit or you need to yeah. access a line of credit from time to time through a commercial bank for a commercial loan, that is very costly in today's terms. And that's going to slow down the expansion of business the replacing of uh, equipment and things that people would have done before, you know, whether that be trucks and cars and, you know, pickups and all the things that they would have to finance, that maybe computers and software, all that sort of thing, that's going to slow them down and they're going to think twice about doing that. So while the interest rate hikes, you know, uh, people are saying, are they having the correct effect? Yeah, I think they're starting to have the correct effect that Jerome Powell is looking for. So it's going to get a little bit more bloody before it gets better. But on the other side of this, uh, it'll all be good. We just got to get through it. And most people listening to the program today have credit cards and be advised too that credit cards do have a variable rate and there's a direct connection to the Fed's benchmark. So those credit card rates, I mean, already they're over 20%, but you could see them 30%, over 30% for less than qualified borrowers. So use credit very, very wisely and be sure if you use it, you really need to use it and you're not just buying it for things that you want and don't need. But I think with most people today, they're buying things that they want instead of what they really, really need. So I don't know if we're ever going to be able to change that behavior. We're talking with Randy Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group, of course. And I want to hit on this before we get out of here for this particular segment. And that is the state of California. You know, we've talked about the debt ceiling limit here in the United States and the country and the fact that we do not want to default on the debt. But California has gone ahead and thrown in the towel on this. Yeah, they just defaulted on an $18.5 billion oh my gosh. Uh, payment. You know, and so here we are with Governor Noose them. <laughs> uh, no, oh, it's Newsom right now. Yeah. He is hanging the state out to drive. Noose them, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, who just thinks that everything must be free and wow. we can just do anything we want and yeah. economics don't matter. We just got to feel good. Everybody has to be happy. And we can't prosecute anybody. So, you know, when your business gets broken into, we don't do anything about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just things like that. I just, I ho I'm hopeful that people are going to start to wake up and see uh, what's going on. You know, it would be good, Randy, but, um, you know, in the wake of this $18.5 billion default, you know, we're talking about spending mm -hmm. unbelievable amounts of money in California and for reparations and other things like that that are just quite crazy if you really think about the implications of that. You know, even President Joe Biden in 1975 uh, was quoted saying he'll be darned if he's going to be responsible for something that happened 300 years ago. <clears throat> now, 
you know, somebody might want to inform him that the Civil War and slavery was, you know, more like 160 years ago. But yeah, but beyond that, at some point we have to draw the line and say, hey, you know, you know, there's nobody alive on any side of this that was that was going on then. And I don't have a racist bone in my body. Uh, you know, I grew up in Tulsa, yeah. had lots and lots of uh, African-American friends. But at the same time, we have to maintain some semblance of sanity. Right. Um, and, and, and I mean, there was one guy even calling for like $200 million a person or something like oh my that. Gosh. Which is just, they haven't even considered how they might pay for such a thing, you know, but that's it's kind of the what's been going on the last two or three years is, you know, let's figure out what we want and we just won't worry about how to pay for it. That's, uh, that's the uh, modern monetary theory, meaning that we just print our way out of any problem that we have. And, you know, anybody that's been paying attention for the last 18 months has seen how that went. Yeah, and I, mean, I think math has never been the strong suit of a lot of politicians and a California case in point there. I was a resident of California, the Los Angeles area, for more than 20 years, but I am so glad to be away from there. Still have a few ties, but nevertheless, California then had some great problems, and unfortunately, it's just getting worse and worse and worse, and I just do not understand how the constituents and the residents of the state of California can let this go on. But, you know, that being as it may, that's the reason why we call this here in Springfield the last bastion of sanity. You're listening to Randy and Jake Floyd, Floyd Financial Group, and we certainly are glad you decided to join us this Saturday. We're on the air for you every Saturday with sincere and actual ideas to get you retired and keep you retired and talk about your money and make sense of all of this. If you're listening to the program today and you're looking for some common sense in your financial plan, you'd like to get in and sit down with Randy and Jake and talk about how you can get to retirement and stay retired. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial review. To get yours, call 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Declare your retirement independence today with Floyd Financial Group. Having the right investment strategy could allow you all sorts of freedom to do what you want, when you want, for the rest of your life. You've worked hard, you've saved a lot, and at Floyd Financial Group, we want to help you avoid what is likely your single largest expense in retirement, taxes. With all the economic fallout from the pandemic and the new administration, taxes are almost certainly on the rise. Somebody has to pay for the trillions in debt we're racking up. Don't let it be you. Call Floyd Financial Group at 417-889-7233 to learn about our complete retirement investment strategy and how they're customized for every unique patriot working towards retirement independence. That's 417-889-7233 or visit floydfinancialgroup.com, floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Nowadays, 401ks are a part of life. Chances are you or your spouse have a current one or even an old one that's tied to some long forgotten job. I'm Randy Floyd of the Floyd Financial Group here to ask you an important question about your 401k. Do you know your options, your fees, and if you're maxing out the benefits? If you want to know more about your 401k inside and out, call 877-889-PLAN for a complimentary review. That's 877-889-7526 or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me The Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about Social Security. And, you know, what do people really know and understand about it? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. I mean, we talked about the Fed's program there and their finances. Let's talk about personally with Social Security. And I think Social Security probably is the cornerstone, the benchmark of most people's income in retirement. So let me start off this way, Randy. What is the maximum Social Security benefit that one could get today? So when you're looking at your full retirement age, and for most of us today that are walking around here on the planet, that's somewhere between about 66 and four months and 67 years of age to get your maximum benefit, or that's when you hit your full retirement age, depending on when you were born. So the maximum right now is $3,627 a month is what you can receive. Okay, so a little over $3,600 a month, that's a maximum that you can receive. And that's at full retirement age, I'm assuming. What happens if you wait until age 70, though? Yeah, so 70 is the maximum age. So that's where you, if you do delay past 70, you don't get any further benefit, basically, what it amounts to. So if you waited till age 70, what would happen is if you were maxed out at full retirement age at $3,627, you would get an additional $290 and a little change added each year mm-hmm. that you wait per month. So two ninety sixteen per month. So what would happen is you would over three years increase your monthly benefit around eight hundred and seventy, eight hundred and seventy one dollars wow. a month, which would put you at forty four hundred and ninety seven dollars a month. Now that sounds like a big number, right, Jeff? Right. Yeah. And so most people would say, Well yeah, I can see that I definitely do need to wait till age seventy or do we? <laughs> because no one's promised tomorrow. I mean, we talked about that before. What are some of the reasons that you would not take it at age 70 that you may want to take it at, you know, the earliest as you can take it? Let's say the earliest is 62. Why would someone want to jump on the Social Security bandwagon at age 62 for a lesser benefit? So, you know, there's always a lot of things that go into determining when the best time to take Social Security is. And so we'll talk about two or three of them. Number one, if you're just worn out from the job maybe that you've had, either you're physically worn out or you're mentally worn out, uh, you can take it at 62. And depending on what your other financial situation looks like besides Social Security, it may be perfectly fine for you to take Social Security at age 62. Uh, The biggest thing that stops people many times from taking Social Security and retiring at 62 is health insurance. And uh, more and more today, we see people that, you know, have maybe some type of government job in the past where they have an extension of benefits. So many times they go ahead and retire at 62 or even earlier because many of those people have a social security stipend that they get between when they retire early, let's say at 55 to 58 to 59 and that age 62. The other reason that people might want to take Social Security at 62 is simply the fact that their health is failing and they just can't really work anymore. And so they just are going to have to take Social Security and try to make the best of it. The other reason that people might want to do it is uh, sometimes we have an older spouse and they are already retired and things are pretty good there. And, you know, we really don't need the money anyway, but let's go ahead and retire at 62 and get the extra money from Social Security. Here's what I will say. There's always a common of factors Mm -hmm. that determines when people should take Social Security. The one thing I would point out is if I wait till full retirement age and I get my maximum benefit, and then I look at that compared to the age 70 benefit, if I don't exercise at age 67, I wait until age 70, 
I give up, based on those maximum numbers we talked about, I give up $130,570 in income for those three years. That's that $36.27 a month. Even though I get the extra $870 a month by waiting to age 70, it still takes me 150 months <laughs> yeah. to break even. Which means if I wait till 70, 150 months, I've got to be like 82 and a half yeah. to get even. Wow. You could argue, too, Randy, that if you took it at 67, even if you didn't need that money, you took that money and invested it at $130,000, you would never break even if you mm -hmm. had any kind of decent return on investment on that $130,000. Good point, Jake, for yeah. sure. So another thing to consider is that if you do take it at 62, though, there is an earnings cap that you cannot go over without giving money back for every dollar that you earn over that cap. Do you know what that cap is currently, Randy and Jake? Yeah. $21,540. Okay, so that's what you can make before you got to give money back. There's a lot of confusion about Social Security. We're going to do a little Social Security quiz for our listeners today. But before we get to that, we were talking about the first person to receive Social Security. When was that? 83 years ago, 83 the years. first check was issued for $22.54. <laughs> wow. 83 years ago, twenty-two fifty. I wonder what that would equate to in today's dollars. Well, you figure, you know, I guess you could say, uh, let's say inflation is has been averaged 3% over that time. I know it's higher than that now, but let's say Maybe it's 100 3, bucks. 3%. Yeah. Yeah, be about 100 bucks. Wow, that is right. That is incredible. Just <laughs> looked it up. Ida Mae Fuller received that Social Security check. God bless her. She was a teacher in Vermont, the first Social Security recipient. She kicked it off for all of us. So there's a lot of confusion about Social Security, so we've got this little Social Security quiz. We want our listeners to play along with us. And these are just true or false questions. So let's start it this way. True or false? In most cases, if I take benefits before my full retirement age, they will be reduced for early filing. True or false? That would be true, Jeff. That's right. We what's, talked about what's that. What's interesting about that is there were 16% of Americans that got it wrong. Wow. 16% <laughs> of Americans was, got that wrong? Which I thought was interesting because, I don't know, I just thought it was interesting because I, I figured just everybody knew that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they gave this quiz to about <laughs> 1,500 other people, and 43% of them did not have a full grasp of what Social Security is all about. In other words, 43% uh, failed this quiz. So Probably California. Yeah, probably California. <laughs> <laughs> They're not good at math out there. Careful now, careful. We have we have Californians moving here, and we love them. Well, that's it. We love the Californians, but there's a reason why that's they moved true. here, too. I'm telling you. But uh, anyway, so the answer to the first question is going to be true. Second question, if I'm receiving benefits before my full retirement age and continue to work, my benefits might be reduced based on how much I make. True or false? That is true. You know, again, we talked about that. If you're 62 or under your full retirement age, the most you can make is $21,540 a year. Anything over that, you have to pay back one for every two that you collect. And so uh, just not something we generally want to do. Okay, number three, if I have a spouse, he or she can receive benefits from my record, even if he or she has no individual earnings history. That is true. In fact, wow. it helps us not only to get Social Security, but it also helps us with Medicare Part A and B, because if you didn't have enough earnings to collect Social Security on your own, you would not be able to get those two benefits either without having to pay for them dearly. 
That's interesting. So that is going to be true on that one. So far, we got three trues here. Next question, number four. If I have a spouse and he or she passes away, I'll receive both my full benefit and my deceased spouse's full benefit, both of them. That would be a wonderful world, but it doesn't (laughs) exist that way. What basically happens is the larger of the two checks, either the one that has, if the one that is deceased is larger, it will go to the spouse, or if yours is already larger, there will be no additional benefit. You will lose that, and that's one of the things we always have to think about and plan for when we're building retirement plans. Okay, so you don't receive two Social Security checks. It's going to be the greater of the two. So that one is false. Number five, the money that comes out of my paycheck for Social Security goes into a specific account for me and remains there earning interest until I begin to receive Social Security benefits. True or false? That is false. It probably Uh, should work that way. Yeah, I would think so. (laughs) We wouldn't be having the problem that we're having if it worked that way because then the politicians wouldn't be in the coffers constantly. Yeah. <laughs> 40% of people got that one wrong. Wow. Okay. Number six, if I file for retirement benefits and have dependent children aged 18 or younger, they also may qualify for Social Security benefits. That is true. That is true, Jeff. And that's something that, you know, is able to help a lot of people that you know, have fallen upon where they have, you know, single parents, deceased parents, and that sort of thing. Another interesting thing about that is 56% of the people got that wrong. Wow. So there are survivor's benefits. And yes, that is interesting. Next one, if I get divorced, I might be able to collect Social Security benefits based on my ex-spouse's Social Security earnings history. That one is true as well, Jeff. And so there's there's a lot of times uh, where we have our first meeting with people, and if we find out that they have been divorced, then we have to ask a bunch of nosy questions like, why are you asking me how long I've been divorced and Mm -hmm. all that kind of thing? So this is the reason, because sometimes people are totally unaware of what is possible there, but if you have been married 10 years to that person, you qualify to file off of the ex's social security benefits if it's to your advantage to do that. So again, that's just one of the little things we look at when we're analyzing social security. Uh, Also, if you've been married at least two years and you have a deceased spouse uh, and you're at age 60, you would be possibly eligible for a widow's or widower's pension as well. Next question. Under current law, Social Security benefits could be reduced by 20% or more for everyone by the year 2035. Yeah, that is true. It's one of the Hmm. things, uh, one of the, I guess what I would say, remedies, (laughs) if you will, as to how to keep from totally bankrupting the system. By reducing benefits, they could extend it a little bit. I think, however, that uh, we're going to see that Congress is going to do something different. Uh, The powers that be, whoever that may be, when that gets closer, I think we're going to see that it's going to be modified from there. What we should probably do is take it out of the politicians' hides. There you go. (laughs) Spending the money that they're not supposed to be spending. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't know that, you know, if if you're elected president or a congressman, you know, that you get that pay forever. Wow. Yeah. So like if if I'm if I'm a senator for, you know, seven years or whatever, for the rest of my life, I get that salary. 
I mean, how in the world did that get passed? Yeah. I mean, because the only people voting on it are the people voting it in for themselves. Yeah. You know? And there's the problem with some of the things going on around this country. Well, I think we could probably borrow the money from California. There you go. They just tossed us a few trill. There you go. I don't know about that one. It's a good idea in theory, but I think in practicality, it just would not fly. We're talking with Randy Jake Floyd here at Floyd Financial Group, and we're right in the middle of our Social Security quiz. How well have you done? We're going to continue our quiz in the next segment. Meanwhile, listening to the program today, if you'd like to get in and sit down with Randy and Jake and just, you know, take a little litmus test. How am I doing? How am I doing towards my retirement journey? We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation financial review. Again, to get yours, call 417-889-7233. A chance to sit down with Randy and Jake individually, ask your specific questions to get answers tailored specifically for your individual circumstance. Once again, 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. If you hear the word insurance, what comes to mind? Is it a company, a funny advertisement, your car in the driveway, or the roof over your family's head? I'm guessing you didn't even think about taxes. But if you could retire today and pay little to no taxes on your retirement income for the rest of your life, would you? At Floyd Financial Group, we're here to tell you there's a whole other side to insurance that you're probably not even aware of. Many wealthy investors have been using some of these sophisticated insurance products to minimize their retirement income taxes. Not everyone can qualify for these premium insurance products, so call today at 417-889-7233 to learn if it's an option for you. At Floyd Financial Group, we put our clients' interests above our own, and as an independent firm, you'll have more access to a variety of products and strategies that can help reduce or even eliminate your tax burden in retirement. One phone call could change the course of your retirement future. That number is 417-889-7233 or go online to floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisor services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. If you want to retire anytime soon, there are three factors that will affect your finances. The stock market, the economy, and tomorrow's tax bill. No one knows what the future may bring, but we do know that now is the time to have a plan and people you can trust to help guide you. At Floyd Financial Group, we focus on those nearing or already in retirement for times just like these. We've seen the bumpy times before and we'll see them again. And we remain cautious and prudent for today, but optimistic about tomorrow. To request a complimentary consultation, visit floydfinancialgroup.com. Ida May, Ida May, she got her pension check today. In the footsteps of Ida May, millions getting their checks today. She did a little jig, she yelled, whoopee, God bless Social Security. God bless Social Security. I need my Social Security. Gotta have my Social Security. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money, and we're continuing with our Social Security quiz, if you will. And once again, these are true and false questions, so we're inviting our listeners to play along with us out there in Radio Land. Number 10, under current Social Security law, full retirement age is 65 no matter when you were born. Well, you know, Jeff, you would think 
that that would be the case and that that would make sense because that's the same time you get Medicare, right? Right. But you would be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody has a different uh, retirement or full retirement age depending on when you were born. Which kind of shows that they've known that Social Security was broken for a very long time, right? Because they've already implemented these age differences. So, I mean, it's, again, Social Security is just kind of a mess. Well, uh, hopefully we can fix that mess before it all goes belly up. When Social Security was first started, wasn't the retirement age at 65? Do you remember? Yeah, it was. Well, I I don't remember because I wasn't around. Yeah, I I do think (laughs) uh, it definitely was 65. (laughs) But, you know, the average life expectancy for a male, a working male, was like 67 and some change. Back when it, so so they it were, shows you that they never really <laughs> planned to pay much out of that. Yeah, they were planning to pay about two or three years out of that. And today, I mean, people are regularly living well into their 80s. But when I said, do you remember that? I, I meant, do you remember reading that? So yeah, your full no, retirement no, age is between... time, Jeff. <laughs> your full retirement age is between 66 and 67, depending upon when you were born. Next question is, if I delay taking Social Security benefits past the age of 70, I'll continue to get delayed retirement credit increases each year I wait. Yeah, you know, we talked about this early on in the program, Jeff, about how, you know, that person, if they had the maximum benefit, they could get an extra $870 per month added to their benefit. Mm -hmm. And past 70, it's not. So we don't get any more benefit. What's interesting is half the people got that one wrong. About 50% of the people didn't realize that going past age 70, you know, you would stop getting uh, that additional. Yeah, there's basically zero reason to wait past 70. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. True. I feel like a government that does not automatically turn it on at 70 if there's no more benefit to waiting is a government that's waiting for you to die without taking your benefits. Well, that's yeah. That's a little bit disturbing to yeah, me. Yeah, that's what I thought of, too. That's an interesting thought there, Jake. Next question. Social Security retirement benefits are subject to income tax, just like withdrawals from a traditional IRA account. Well, they are subject to income tax, but they have a different set of rules. <laughs> now, your IRA... If it's a traditional IRA, you don't have any cost basis. In other words, that money has never, ever, ever been taxed. It's all gone in. You got a tax benefit, a tax deduction the day that you funded it. Now, at the end of this, we're going to talk specifically, Jeff, about Social Security taxation and a little bit more depth. But it is not taxed in the same way. We're going to point out some distinct differences. However, I will say, and I want to be clear, that it does add to your taxable income. Okay, so the answer to number 12 is false. Final question here in our Social Security quiz for today. I must be a U.S. citizen to collect Social Security retirement benefits. True or false? No, that is false. If you've worked here and you've paid into a system for a period of time, and you've got a Social Security number, you're going to have a benefit out there just like everybody else. So teachers and some government workers don't get the benefit, but people that are not citizens that come over here and work do. That's interesting. That is. I do think that people should be rewarded for what they work, but um, you know, I think some of the government pension offset stuff is a little interesting to me, given that you know these people are paying in and and just uh, not able to get benefits that that they should get otherwise. 
So once again, that's our Social Security quiz. How did you do? Do you know your Social Security benefits? Well, if you don't, certainly you can talk to Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group, and they will lay it all out for you. Maximizing Social Security benefits is one of the best ways, I think, to increase your income in retirement. And a lot of people are leaving a lot of money on the table. And I understand if Floyd Financial Group, but Randy and Jake, you have a way of maximizing Social Security benefits, do you not? We do. We always look at everybody's situation, you know, and, and obviously to maximize, I mean, it's pretty straightforward if you're going to actually maximize benefits. That is, let's go to age 70 and wait, right? But many times that does not make sense for people. And what we really want to do is go out and help people navigate getting retired, staying that way, and living the lifestyle that they want to. And uh, that's part of the process of getting a plan here at Floyd Financial Group. That's right. And Social Security, one of the cornerstones, as I've said, is the foundation of many people's retirement income. So you do want to get that right. Once again, if you want to talk to Randy and Jake about Social Security, maximizing your Social Security, get what you've worked for. Call 417-889-7233 and request your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial review. 417-889-7233. You're online. Request your review you at floydfinancialgroup.com. I want to continue this conversation about Social Security, Randy and Jake. Let's talk about taxation. Many people do not understand the taxation rules with Social Security, so let's break that down for them. Yeah, so many people are under the impression that since they were taxed to fund their Social Security check, that their Social Security check is not taxable, and that would not be the case. So what we do is we look at all the income that comes into the household, in addition to your social security check, so that's interest income, IRA income, pension income, all those things add up to see how much of your social security is going to be taxed. So if you're an individual, a single person, and your income, your taxable income is less than $25,000 a year, you're going to pay zero Mm -hmm. on your social security as far as taxes go. If you're between twenty-five and thirty-four thousand, you're going to pay taxes on fifty percent of your social security. Now, let me clarify what that means. Let's say your social security check is thirty thousand dollars a year. That would mean that fifty percent you're going to be taxed on fifteen thousand dollars. It's not they're going to tax you fifty percent. Right. They're going to tax you on half of that. If you make more than thirty-four thousand dollars a year, if that's your taxable income, then you're going to pay on 85% of your Social Security benefit. Now, that's as a single person. So below 25-0, between 25 and 34, you pay on 50%. 34,000 and up, you're going to pay on 85%. So basically, you know, if I got taxed on it the first time and then I'm paying more taxes on it, that sounds like double taxation without representation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking that, but I was going to let you say that, Jake. It did occur to me as well, too, that that is the situation here. Now, what if you get income from investments, maybe you've got rentals, that sort of thing. Does that count towards the tax bracket that will bump your Social Security taxes up? Yep, it absolutely does. So there are a few things sometimes that will be discounted or taken out of there. Like if you work for the government, for the state of Missouri, you may not pay taxes because you have a government pension or if you had a civil service type pension. But for the most part, everything rolls up in there and pushes you up in that bracket. Now, we talked about if you're an individual, let's talk about if you're married and you're filing a joint return. Mm -hmm. So if you're filing jointly and your income is less than $32,000 a year, you will pay zero on your Social Security, zero tax on that. And if you're between 32 and 44,000, 
they will take half or 50% of that and calculate that in and you'll pay taxes on that half. If you're north of $44,000 a year as a couple, you're going to be taxed on 85% of your Social Security check that comes in. So you do get a little bit of a break, but, you know, again, it, for most folks, they end up, they're going to pay on at least 85% of it. A lot of, some people may be in the 50% bracket, but most people today are going to wind up in the 85% tax bracket, which you still get 15% discount, which is pretty good for retirees. Woo-hoo. So what you're saying is that if your Social Security benefit is $32,000 or less as a married couple, you will not pay taxes on that. But 32 to 44, it's 50%. And then if your Social Security income as a married couple is over $44,000, you will pay income tax on up to 85% of that $44,000. I think right. they need to add a zero to all those numbers probably. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> probably so. I think there's a, probably also one other thing we should talk about here right quick. So as people get close to retirement agent things. Sometimes they're going to sell farmland. They're going to sell additional rental property. They're going to sell things like that. Remember that capital gains uh, that you may realize on some of those things are also going to push your income up and will push you up to that top bracket. Uh, Even though you're thinking, hey, it's just that one time and I've had that farmland for 30 years. What in the world? Why are they taxing me on that? I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. You have to pay the capital gains tax and that does push your taxability of Social Security up to that 85% maximum. The other thing that I would say too, if you're getting ready to sell land and that sort of thing, something else you need to think about, and this is totally off subject, but it kind of comes up all the time. There's Mm -hmm. this thing called IRMA. Basically, it's an adjustment to your Part B, as in boy, Medicare payment if you make too much money in one year. Relax, it's only one year unless you're selling multiple years of property. So uh, it goes up, but it goes back down, and there's a whole calculation Mm -hmm. for that. So I would just encourage people, if you know you're going to be selling property and land and all that sort of thing, let's talk about that before you do it, and let's have a plan to mitigate taxes in that event. And that's very important, and I want to reiterate that, is to have a plan to mitigate taxes or just have a plan in general for Social Security income and also, of course, your retirement. I mean, you've got to have a plan to get where you want to go, and we're offering that plan at no cost, no obligation this week to our loyal listeners. Actually, it's every week, and it's not only just loyal listeners. Anybody listening to the program today, we're going to be offering this retirement roadmap a financial plan to get you retired and keep you retired. You'd like to take advantage of this offer. Again, no cost, no obligation, and no judgment. Call 417-889-7233 for your retirement roadmap. 417-889-7233. You can also request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It is floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break. Gentlemen, we'll be right back with the final portion of our show, Show Me the Money, right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Are you giving your Social Security dollars back to the government? It happens every day to people who don't have an effective Social Security strategy. The right plan for accessing your Social Security benefits can mean tens of thousands of dollars to you and your spouse's retirement income. Don't make the costly mistake of being unprepared in retirement. Call Floyd Financial Group now at 877-889-PLAN for a free Social Security optimization report. Take advantage of proven strategies to help maximize your Social Security benefits. You've paid into this system your entire career. 
Don't make the same mistakes that cost people tens of thousands of dollars of their hard-earned benefits. Call Floyd Financial Group right now at 877-889-PLAN and arm yourself with their Social Security Optimization Report. It's absolutely free, it's easy, and could dramatically change your retirement. Call Floyd Financial Group right now at 877-889-PLAN. That's 877-889-7526. Or go online to floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. People of the Ozarks, step away from the fishing pole and prepare to be shown the money because we're back with more Straight Talk with Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this final segment today, we're going to be talking about how do you know how much money you really need for your retirement? And that is one of the biggest questions I think that I get asked, Randy and Jake, is how much money do I need for retirement? You know, you've been living on this income for so many years when you went to work and you figure, well, you know, I'm going to work every day. I've got car expenses. I go out to lunch once in a while. I've got all these expenses that I need to take care of when I'm working. But in retirement, I'm not going to have those expenses. So I wonder how much money I'm going to need. I'm probably going to need half, 60, 70 percent of that. But that's just not true. Do you find that most people need less, more or about the same in retirement? You know, Jeff, I think, like you said, there's a lot of people that think they need less, but if we ask somebody for a budget, you know, a lot of times they'll come back with, okay, well, here's my cable bill, here's my mm-hmm. here's my mortgage payment, here's my car payment, so this is what I need, you know, They're like, well, so you're you're saying your budget is 2000 a month, currently you're making $80,000 a year, uh, or, you know, call it, you know, 6500 a month, right? and you're not saving money which means your budget is more than 2000 a month, right? Right. So a lot of times what we like to look at is what's people's net paycheck to kind of determine a budget because that really shows us what's hitting the account each month. And if we're going to try to replace that, you know, we don't need as much gross income, certainly in retirement, but we do need roughly the same net income or ideally that's what we would like to see. Uh, you know, some people have health circumstances, things like that, that forces them to go early and, you know, we can kind of do the best we can with that. But in an ideal situation, you know, when you're retiring, you don't want to retire and then go and stare out at the grass. Now, there's some people that like to do that, and that's great, but you don't want to right. have to do that if, you know, if, if that's not what you want to do. And I think there's a lot of things that go into calculating, you know, how much money you need. But a basic example would be, let's say you have somebody who's looking to retire, and they're going to get $25,000 a year in Social Security, mm-hmm. you know, and their net paycheck is, let's say, $40,000 a year, right? So we need to make up $15,000 a year to make it feel the same as it does now, and then we need to adjust that forward for inflation. So if we take that 15000 shortfall, and we do kind of some reverse engineering math plus some inflation adjustment, you know, that person probably needs somewhere between three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars so that they can withdraw that money safely for the rest of their days and not have to worry about running out of money. Now, that's a that's an overly simplistic calculation, but that's the basic idea of how it works. There's a lot of different factors that can come into play. You know, obviously a lot of people are couples and they have a spouse that's two or three years younger than them, or five years younger than them, or seven years younger than them. And so that starts to get a little bit more dicey because you have one spouse that's going to retire significantly before the other one. You know, you may have previous marriages, alimony. There could be, you know, special needs children. There's there's all kinds of different calculations that can go into this. Also, with what you want to have happen with your stuff when you're no longer here, you know, your mm-hmm. estate plan. Some people, most people, I would say, are, you know, well, I want to use it while I'm here and whatever's left, I want to go to my kids. 
but I don't want to shop at Goodwill to try to leave my kids a million dollars or something mm-hmm. like that. Now, there are people that do that, that are like, I'm going to save every penny. I want to pass as much to my kids as possible. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And there are also people that say, I want my last check to bounce. And, you know, the kid's smart. He'll figure it out. You know? mm-hmm. And, you know, none of those things are wrong, but those are all considerations that we need to take into account when we're determining, you know, how much money we're going to spend in retirement, how much money we need to have saved for retirement. And those are all calculations that we do on a daily basis here. You know, Jeff, that's my plan for you is I'm going to make my last check bounce. Yeah, it's going to bounce. You'll cover it, right? <laughs> Bouncy bounce. <laughs> It'll be like one of those bouncy houses, only with checks in there. You throw them in, and they all bounce up in the air. So anyway, what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, I'm gonna be all right. Yeah, I, I think what you're saying is that if you're making eighty thousand dollars a year now, and that's what you're living on, that you pretty much should count on making eighty thousand dollars or having an income of eighty thousand dollars in retirement. So would you say that it's about a hundred percent, basically, of what you were making when you were working, because you have all these other expenses that you didn't have when you were working, probably? Yeah, I think I think an important distinction there that I alluded to, but I think in a specific example might make more sense to people. So like you said, your net paycheck is 80000 a year. Mm-hmm. So yes, 80000 is probably what we should shoot for, unless there's some other circumstance, like you've had a house payment and you're paying your house off right as you retire. You know, obviously you're not going to need that 1000 a month, 2000 a month, whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. So the, obviously those calculations. But if you're netting 80000 and you've been saving for retirement and paying your taxes and all that kind of thing, your gross amount might be 110. Uh, 115 even, depending mm-hmm. on how much you're saving. So we don't need 115000 even though that would be your gross receipts on your tax return, right? But the net check, and I think that's where the 70% rule or whatever comes in, where it's like you don't need this huge gross income, but we do need to have our net spendable. Most people in this area, too, there's a benefit of they've been used to earning money that puts them into the 22% federal tax bracket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, between the two people, they're over 100000 120000 130000 whatever it might be. But then when they go to retire, because they, they don't have to pay quite as much in taxes and they're, you know, all those numbers kind of start coming out, less Social Security tax, FICA, all that kind of thing, they get down into the 12% bracket, which, which further reduces the tax bill, which means we need that much less income. So it can be daunting. Don't let it, don't let it bother you. Just come in talk with us. We'll, we'll, we'll go through the whole process and we'll say, Hey, you know, here's, here's how much in our opinion you need to make it feel like it does now. And here's how we get there. And once again, if you'd like to talk to Randy and Jake about this, 417-889-7233 is the number to call to get in and sit down with no cost and no obligation, 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. So I was doing some calculations here. We used $80,000 a year as a benchmark. Let's say that you're going to be retired for 20 years. That comes to $1.6 million. Now, keep in mind that you wouldn't need the one6 because you do have Social Security in there, too, so that's going to reduce it. The old uh, adage used to be that if I have a million dollars saved, that I'm going to be able to live well in retirement. Is that necessarily so these days? Do you actually need a million dollars when you retire? Can it be less, or do you need more? Or should we really think about one gross number like that? I think that varies widely between people. There's there's a lot of people that a million dollars isn't close to enough because right. of the lifestyle they're used to living. But I would say for the average person living around here, having three, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand is is kind of in the ballpark because a couple is gonna have, you know, thirty five, forty thousand in, in social security most likely. 
plus, you know, off of let's call it six hundred thousand, you can have another thirty thousand a year or something like that. So you're you know you're at seventy thousand dollars in retirement income in this area. That's usually enough for people. Now there are people again that require quite a lot more than that, mm-hmm. but a lot of those people have quite a lot more than that saved. So. It's pretty rare that we that we have people come in that really don't have what they need or they're not able to fix it in time. You know, if we sometimes we'll have people that come in that are 50 years old or something like that and they're not where they need to be, but they have time to fix it. You know, so we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely make the best out of any situation. But you know, it's definitely a calculation you need to sit down and face head on. I will tell you that probably eight times out of ten, when somebody's worried that they don't have enough. They have enough. Mm-hmm. And and the reason they have enough is because they're worried about it. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're not worried about it, that's when you run into trouble. We're talking about how much money you need to retire with Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. Of course, retirement is the distribution phase of life as opposed to the accumulation phase when you are working. But when you get into retirement, I mean, investing becomes a different thing. Do you consider that you'll be investing some of the money that you have uh, in retirement to uh, basically increase the total amount of money that you're ever going to have in retirement? Yeah, Jeff, that's one of the things that we we look at here is when people come in and they show us, you know, what they've saved over their lifetime, we calculate Social Security, look at their pension benefits if they're lucky enough to have one. You know, most people don't want to see their retirement savings go down. They want them to kind of be able to maintain or maybe grow a little bit. Do I want my money to spend down? Well, right. heck no. Of course not. <laughs> I want it to keep growing, right? Yeah. I want it to be there. And so, Jake, I guess the story earlier was not true. I'm not going to bounce my last check. So, <laughs> okay. so, so, so anyway, but no, we we like to build plans that calculate in such a fashion that we know we're not going to, you know, just spend people's money down over time. We want to keep it level or growing. Okay. So investing in retirement is very, very important. You don't stop investing just because you've retired. There are ways that you can invest in retirement. And I would imagine that those investments probably would be a little safer than the ones that you would use when you're working. Is that not correct? Yeah, that's for sure. Because, you know, here's the thing. Once we retire and we don't have any more income coming in from work, as my sister said, (gasps) I'm on a fixed income. What am I going to do? You know, so I mean, it's one of those things that we have to think, you know, is the fixed income adequate, which we've talked about. We're going to make sure that that happens. But also we're going to make sure that the investments don't give us more volatility than we can stand. And we've talked about Mr. Brown and Mr. Green many times on here while getting the same overall return over 25 years. One guy has millions of dollars and one guy is dead broke just based on the sequence of how returns came in. And that's something we will talk about as people come in. We're going to talk about how to position money so that when the really bad times come along, we don't suffer as much. And yet when the good times are here, we want to make sure we get the benefit of good growth on our assets. How much money do you need in retirement? Well, the definitive answer is it depends. If you want to talk to Randy and Jake about how much money you need in retirement, sort of get a litmus test. Where am I right now in my retirement journey? Do I have enough to retire comfortably? Get it and sit down with Randy and Jake for your no-cost, no-obligation financial review. Again, it's not going to cost you a dime to do that, and it's okay to say no if you don't want to continue that conversation. But if you want to start the conversation, you can do it right now by calling 416 
877-889-7233. You can call that number today. There's nobody there to answer the phone, but you could leave a message. But on Monday, go ahead and give that a call. 417-889-7233. Talk to Ashley. She will get you a spot on Randy and Jake's calendar. You can also request your financial review at floydfinancialgroup.com. And while you're there, check out the website, check out who these fine folks are, and check out some of the resources there. There is a lot of great information on that page that will help you understand your retirement journey. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Out of time for this week. Once again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC.